What is up, everybody? It is Lo, your host, and we have the whole Balls ATV crew back for another live episode. Uh, we got Brando, Drew, and Alex. So, super fun show tonight. Our basketball team won the SEC championship for the first time since 1979. How exciting. Alex. Yes, sir. <laughs> Right now, out of nowhere. What do you say, I want to go to you first and hear a quick account of everything because you were actually there for the whole thing, and then we'll kind of go into the games from there. Okay. Um, so, the original plan was to just go to the Mississippi State game, and then we were going to watch outside at like the outside pavilion for the Kentucky game, and then hopefully. If the Vols beat or won that game, then we was going to go to the championship. But um, some very convincing scalpers talked us into going to the Kentucky game. <laughs> um, but basically, uh, the first game kind of was as expected. There weren't uh, many Tennessee fans there. Um, it was probably about half full. But again, we kind of felt like we were in control of that game the whole time. And that's kind of what played out. Um, the Kentucky game, there was not an empty seat in there. And the pockets of orange were small. <laughs> um, if if uh, I ever make it to Rupp Arena, I feel like that would be the equivalent to what it feels like to be in that gym uh, because we were outnumbered that bad. And whatever y'all were hearing on TV when Kentucky was getting loud, that was absolutely the case. Um, but, I mean, it was incredible to watch our boys, like, first off, fight off the crowd because they started getting up. They started getting into it. But every time Kentucky felt like they needed a run and they got the arena into it, we responded well. Uh, we either got a really big stop or we hit a big bucket and, and quieted that run. Um, winning that game was huge. It was huge. Honestly, that kind of felt more like the championship than the actual championship did. Um, <clears throat> we got off to a 14-0 start in that game, and people were, like, looking around like, what the, what the hell going on? <laughs> uh, but then um, really sweet and funny moment is that, like, all the people around me since I was, like, right behind Tennessee's bench, I think it was mostly uh, – Tennessee players, parents and stuff. But um, a lot of the older crowd was there. But you just seen like anywhere you looked around, you just seen like tears like rolling down everybody's faces. Like they there was like genuine joy among the crowd there watching our boys win and then watching them embrace Coach Barnes afterwards, watching them embrace each other, watching them hold up a trophy, watch confetti fall on them. Um, I mean, that's that's just stuff you don't forget. And that's stuff that you will keep with you forever. And I can finally say I, one, got to witness, but two, I got to attend some kind of championship, some kind of real championship that the Vols won. So, all in all, you can't really complain about that. But, man, we're playing some really good basketball right now. So, that's all I got to say. Uh, so fantastic. I'm so jealous, but you sent us a bunch of videos and kept us updated in the group chat. So, that was really cool. Um, I also wanted to address real quick. I know last week we talked about having Aiden, a future Vol, on. That is still happening, but he just so happens to be at a Morgan Wallen concert, which I'm also envious of. So very jealous. Very, very jealous. But we definitely still have plans to have him on as like our first official recruit. <clears throat> and then hopefully we'll get some others on in the future. That's where I've always kind of wanted to go with this thing. So big plans for the future. Um I guess, I don't know, I was kind of thinking maybe we just ran through each of the games of the championship and then kind of talk about our favorite moments. How do you guys feel about that? 
I'm down. Fine by me. All right. So versus Mississippi State, first game, uh, Vols shot 50% from the field and 42% from the three. Triple J played outstanding in that game, uh, four of six from the three. All around, just a really great game, in my opinion. Um, kind of how I expected it to go. What did y'all think? Yeah, for uh, the Mississippi State game, seeing Josiah come out there and kind of light a fire on the team, I was kind of nervous, you know, going to Indy and, you know, or going to Tampa, I mean, and getting ready. I'm so focused on the tournament already. But going to uh, Tampa and, you know, getting, you know, getting new shots on a new court and everything, you know, I was worried how they'd, you know, go on a neutral court. But Josiah going out there, shooting it, carrying the team, uh, that stroke is getting prettier and prettier, uh, you know. Whenever you you know see him shoot a three now, you just kind of feel like it's going in with Josiah. You know, you know, seeing him be that team leader was really really key. Uh, really big win against the Mississippi State team. I was kind of worried playing them instead of South Carolina, but took care of business. And you know, that was just a kick started the the joy. Yeah, I uh, I agree with you, Brando. I was kind of scared to see Mississippi State, um, especially after they beat South Carolina by twenty, uh, because one, I was like, well, their offense is rolling now, so we got to slow that down. But also, uh, you know, there, there's a whole like the saying that you can't beat a team three times. But I was like, if you beat a team twice by 20, then I think you got their number. <laughs> so I was a lot more comfortable seeing South Carolina than I was uh, Mississippi State. But I also will say that I kind of uh, pregamed a little bit for that one too much. Um, and I don't remember too much of it. But I do remember at times where it was like a four to eight point game where I started feeling uncomfortable because I was like, <clears throat> I don't want to. I don't want to see Molinar get hot, which he started with two threes right off the bat. So that got me nervous. Um, <clears throat> but then we we answered. We answered every time that they had a run, and we put it up to double digits. I think uh, mid second half or early. But uh, anyways, we put it to ten, and then we kind of coasted the rest of the way. So I'll have a little bit more to say on the next ones. But yeah, I mean, I just kind of again, I've kind of assumed that we would beat Mississippi State. So I just kind of was like, yeah, we're in control, whatever. Let's get to tomorrow. So that's kind of how I felt about that one. Yeah, I was a great Alex there. I, like, I know, like, it was three, four points for most of the first half. And I think it was all – we only had, like, a three-point lead, I think, at, at halftime. Is that right? But you just, like, you knew that, like, this team was going to be able to pull it away, and especially in the second half of Triple J. I mean, oh, my God. Like, the transformation that guy's had from the three-point line has been unbelievable this year. I mean, y'all remember those games against, like, Texas Tech and Alabama where he was just the biggest liability you could possibly imagine. It was, like, equivalent to, like, having Euros take it a three. Like, it was that bad. And now, I mean, now he's, like, one of our best three-point shooters. I mean, like, he's – I think he's the playing the best basketball out of all of them right now. Um, but, yeah, he had an unbelievable performance that second half especially. And, you know, I mean, we only trailed, I think, for – 10 or 15 seconds the, that entire game. And that was like right when they had their first basket to start off. So it was a good performance. But uh, I mean, they just followed up with even better performances after that. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you're right about Triple J. I gave him a lot of shit midway through the season. I was very like under impressed with his performance, but he has absolutely made a complete turnaround this season. I mean, it is so nice to watch him. And when he's confident in his shots, which he was this entire past weekend, I mean, he was really playing with a lot of confidence. His defense is really picked up a lot. And I think it's funny also, I figured I'd bring this up. We all were like picking 
our highlight guys of the tournament. And all of us either chose Casey, Viscovi, or Triple J, and all of them were phenomenal throughout the whole tournament. Um, every game they played so well. So if we have those guys continuing to play this way in our future, especially, you know, moving through tomorrow and hopefully the rest going further in the tournament, I mean, it'll be huge what they could potentially pull off. Um, but yeah, like we said, Mississippi State, I kind of expected the win. I was way more concerned about the second game. Um, Brando, did you have anything to add? Oh, no, I was just talking about, you know, uh, Triple J, you know, earlier in the season, having that wrist injury. And now, like, I think he's finally healthy. And just seeing him finally healthy, I guess you kind of see how much it did play into effect of earlier in the season when he did have that injury. But, you know, just seeing him come this far and kind of play to his potential that he knew he had, uh, it's kind of good seeing someone on our roster do it this year at that age. Definitely, for sure. And honestly, you always know way more about these injuries. I sudden, I somehow don't know about all these injuries. I didn't know Zakai was battling that ankle. I did not really even think about this wrist injury. So that's important. I mean, they've just continued to stay tough all season. Thanks. Um, so Kentucky, this is my favorite stat. I don't know why. But Kentucky only shot 10% from the three that entire game. I think that is so damn funny. I don't know why. It kills me. Um, Balls shot 40% from the three and 44% from the field. Casey had like a massive game, 19 points, 34 minutes, three rebounds. But again, Triple J and Viscovi were very efficient, combined for 19 points and six rebounds. So, again, that trio of guys really stepping it up. Um, I was so nervous throughout that whole Kentucky game, though. I don't know about y'all. It was awful. Yeah. I was, I was definitely nervous. But as you said, uh, Kennedy having his kind of little breakout game, he was my pick last week. Uh, I also said, you know, we were talking about, oh, if we, if we lose to Kentucky, we didn't lose to Kentucky. So there's that. Uh, you know, really big win. Obviously, we have their number. But. Kennedy, you know, he, his, like, ability to drive to the basket is just unmatched right now, especially against, like, the play, like, the talent he's playing against. Like, he's so confident in his ability and his, like, pull-up game from behind the arc. Like, just seeing him take those threes confidently off the ball just uh, made me really happy. But as Lowe said, with the defense, uh, holding teams, like, three-point-wise, like, our three-point defense is absolutely insane, not only uh, in this game but overall in the tourney. I think even with Mississippi State and A&M, like they hit maybe one or two, but after that, uh, just the speed of our defense just throws them completely off guard. So I feel like that was really, really key in that game. Um, it really was like a nail biter, but we really, I think, led the whole entire game. So just a really big win and uh, finally getting that Kentucky thing off our shoulder, knowing that we own them. Yeah, I, uh, I, I agree with everything you said, Brando. Chandler played incredible and it, it is uh, super, super encouraging to see him uh, maybe like dance around at the three point line a little bit take a side dribble and pull up for three and just cash it because he was doing that all tournament. And I, I felt bad for them boys from A&M because they, they got so much of it. <laughs> they they were getting threes dotted on them left and right from KC. But uh, you're right. And, Lo, I'm glad you brought up our uh, player predictions because uh, JJJ had 16 the first game and then Chandler had 19 and then Viscovi had 17. So every player we picked was a leading scorer at some point in this tournament. Um, just great contributions all around. Um, 
we we have an early double digit lead and we maintained it for a while, but then you know there's always the the cats come back at the end. So it's uh it's 65-62. And you know, as a Tennessee fan, you're just sitting there thinking, like, what are they gonna do? Like, how are they gonna take it from us? And then we have we have uh Tashibwe foul out. That was huge. Go, uh, that was huge mm-hmm. to win that game. I don't I think if he doesn't go out, we struggle a lot towards the end. Um, well, because we kind of did, but um, and we take we take a shot, and Vescovi, all six three of him, goes in the middle of three Kentucky players and gets the game winning rebound. And that place went well, partially dead silent, but then the other side of it was roaring. And just watching him come down with that rebound, we knew we had won at that point, and it was game set match. And it's always fun, Drew, sending them boys back to the coal mines, <laughs> watching them boys walk up, stomping up them stairs. Hey, all we can do is turn and wave. So. Can't complain beating the Cats. Yeah, I mean, that honestly felt like the SEC championship more than the actual championship game itself. You know, I mean, like, Vescovi had a lot of, you know, great shots in that game, but I feel like we're missing someone out here. The lack of respect about Euros' performance there. I was so close. <laughs> Six points, eight rebounds, nearly called that double-double. Oh, my God. I was praying the entire time of the second half that you'd get two boards and two – uh Managed to get four free throws in, but he played really well. I mean, honestly, like he like he held his ground. Like, you know, I mean, the fact that he got eight rebounds, I think seven of them came in the first half. I mean, he he played a huge role in that game. But it's like what Alex said, you know, there's something really beautiful about all those people from Kentucky, you know, working so hard in that coal mine all year long to go to the tournament and just to see their pathetic asses go all the way back up 14 hours to I-75 towards Lexington. Beautiful. Just absolutely beautiful. It hey. is. And it's great to see J Rod just blow his fucking guts. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my god. I was, I was gonna say if you if you ask any Kentucky fan right now, one, they, they didn't want to win that game. And two, they didn't care about it. Yeah, they didn't three, care. Three, Coach Cal's playing chess because he just wants to motivate him before the tournament. So yeah, always keep that in mind. Always keep that in mind. Nothing reasonable. I mean, at all, honestly, <laughs> which I wouldn't expect them to come up with anything reasonable, no. but Whatever. I mean, I don't. Uh, they have those takes, but I don't know if y'all watched last night the SEC inside of the tournament where Coach Cal at halftime while he was playing us was saying we have him just where we want him. Y'all <laughs> shot terrible in the first half. That's not going to happen in the second. We're going to go out there and stomp them, and then uh, you know, sixty-five, sixty-two falls win. <laughs> so uh, didn't really light up to expectations. I feel bad for all those people. There was that one guy that went viral. Did y'all see that picture of the Kentucky fan that had like those tats on his hands and like. He had like UK on one hand. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, awful, awful. I get one every year. Beautiful. Disgusting. <laughs> you know, you know, he spent like three years worth of like summer savings right there for that weekend. <laughs> oh yeah, awesome. For sure. PPP loans. Uh, <laughs> that is hilarious, honestly. And then I think Roddy was getting me hyped when he was like Coach Cal when he actually has to coach in the. Oh second- yeah, Coach Talent. Fucking, <laughs> I was geeked. God, that was so freaking funny. Um, I'm glad Alex brought that up. That Vescovi rebound, hands down for me, was the highlight of the Kentucky game. That was massive energy. He went in between everybody and secured that win for us because otherwise I really don't think we would have won it without that. I really don't. They had all momentum at that. I was on my tip of the toes. I was like, are they going to call a flagrant here? And I was, oh, my God. Oh, that too. I forgot about that wild-ass – Foul ordeal. I don't know how I forgot. Well, he uh, he yanked it and hit him with his back. 
Oh my god. Partial flopping, but what do you expect from Kentucky? Total flop. In my opinion, he okay. So Vescovi was fouled before any of that other shit happened, and dude flopped. And then when he swung around, okay, but it's like get off of him. Like obviously, yeah. I don't know, but everyone can have their own opinion. But I thought he played really strong and just like really aggressive. Vescovi all that game, so yeah, credit to him. And Euros did play very well. Three. Very close. I mean, I give props to Euros because they had that man so aggravated. Like, you know, uh, that they were reaching for the ball when he was up top with it. And, like, he pushed that one guy. He was like, bro, get off me. Like, <laughs> I got sick and tired of it. Like, at one point, if you get Euros to, like, not play basketball and you get in his head like that, it does affect it. But luckily, he was able to bounce back and uh, he played really well, get those rebounds. But his offensive game, man, I feel so bad for him. It's just – Hey, I wish you just so go up there and dunk it, man, like you saw a folky dude. I know. Just go up there and just throw it down. It's so bad, but you just gotta love the effort, though. You know, a for effort. Am I right? Like, oh yeah, you gotta appreciate that. So, Balls. hey, unsung, unsung hero of the Kentucky game might have been uh, BHH. Yeah, he, he got a big dunk to start that game. Yeah, that's true. He body punched that's right. it. Starting starting the game off like that really shook Kentucky at the beginning. I think I, I think that punching them in the mouth like that. I think that really got him shook because they was like, oh, I didn't – I thought they was going to lay down. Because the first time we played them, they did. Then the mm-hmm. second time, they whooped our hind end. But they, I feel like they kind of had – they kind of thought that they had us coming back for round three. But get, getting him started early – and he played well all tournament. So, shout out him. But uh, getting it started with that big dunk, I think, really set the tone for the game. Like, hey, we're here. We're going to play. We're going to play all 40 minutes. So Alex, are you telling me that Kentucky thought that they were going to win the Kentucky Invitational? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> No, because uh, Kentucky don't win Super Bowls. You got to you got to remember that. Right. I mean, you got to think about it too. This might be the greatest season ever for a head coach in the history of all sports, considering that uh, Rick Barnes has won three Super Bowls in, in one, one season. season. I mean, in one season. Unbelievable. I mean, honestly, he puts uh, Bill Belichick to shame. Good <laughs> <laughs> God. Oh my God! Um, anything else about Kentucky specifically? Long drive home. Long, long, long drive home. I think it's like fourteen hours. Oh, yeah. It's actually longer than that. I think it's like oh sixteen God. or seventeen. Just beautiful. Back to the coal mine, baby. <laughs> wasted, wasted entire day to get down there, only just to go back up a day early. Just beautiful <laughs> shit. I just, oh, the fact that you didn't even make it just cracks to the championship. Just cracks me up. I've but hey, give him a two seed. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. We'll get in that in a minute. But I got some words to say for that. Little is to Murray State in the second round, so. Yeah, I I think that's on my bracket actually. Yep. Um, A and M the championship game again shot forty percent from the field, forty three percent from the three point line. So if you look at our offense all championship weekend, we shot 40% or greater from the three every game of the tournament. That is so impressive to me, especially mm-hmm. this team. Um, what, a, what a turnaround. I mean, from mid-season. I didn't know. We had no identity. I Oh, my God. I just can't even get over it. What are y'all <laughs> I mean, we mentioned that, you know, Viscovi shooting lights out, but not even just Viscovi, you know, everyone shooting from, I think we like started off earlier 
you know, having no identity on offense, you know, taking some some early losses. And ever since then, I feel like we always had that defense, but now, like, offensively, they're just thriving. Uh, in this game, I still give, like, big props to the defense that makes our offense look good just because I think Texas A&M only hit one three-point shot in the whole game that was in the second half when they were down by, like, 20 points already. So, you know, really, really good perimeter defense. Uh, also mentioned Viscovi having a breakout game defense and, you know, just our transition defense to causing Texas A&M to turn the ball over. I feel like uh, daylight savings and, uh, you know, no rest for Texas A&M. Their legs were shot in that second half, and we just kind of took advantage from there. Yeah, well, that's a that's a great point. I was I was wanting to look at our shooting splits for the whole tournament, but uh, you said forty what four percent from three? Uh, they shot forty percent or greater from the three point line in every game. Every game, dang that that is crazy. Because um, again, with the way that Triple J been shooting, I kind of been like keying in on whenever he takes a shot just to see what happens. Uh, because most, most of the time he's making it now, but he took any any corner three he took, he was more than likely hitting it. I, I, w- I would love to go back and see what his corner three percentage was because he had to be shooting in the 60s. Um, but, yeah, I, I think um, – which well, that's also impressive looking at the fact that we played three games back-to-back against, well, Kentucky and then some two teams that were playing well at the time. But I was I was honestly a little afraid of A&M with the way that they handled it. <laughs> Because they beat Arkansas like a drum. They beat them by like 20, and they hung, uh, what, like 80-something on them, I think. Um, but we held them to 50. And we, like y'all said, we was leading by double digits most of the way. Um, started off 14-0. Then it was like 16-6. And then it kind of stayed around there for the rest of the time. But then, um, man, I mean, we just controlled it so well. It was smooth sailing. And then confetti starts falling. <laughs> and like, like, what a surreal moment that was. But uh, – yeah, the, all the boys played well. Viscovi shoot, uh, shot the ball out with seven, uh, 17. Chandler got seven assists. So even if he's not the leading scorer, his hands all over the game. So you just love to see that with uh, with the way that we've been playing lately. Yeah, I mean, you knew after the two like first three minutes of that game, we were up fourteen to zero at one point. That this game was just like you knew we we're just going to have control of it. Um, you know, the crazy stat is that we've only trailed. 90 seconds the entire SEC tournament, which is just unbelievable to think. You insane. Know? I mean, it's insane to think. Like, just this is the most dominant three game span I think I've seen from any Tennessee team ever. I mean, even included in the Grant Williams, Schofield days, Lofton, CJ Watson, you know, Dane Bradshaw days, Wayne Chisholm. I mean, it's just unbelievable, you know, span, t- tournament performance. And that one, I mean, the one key takeaway or moment for me was when. Chandler lost the ball there while as he was driving down with about five minutes left in the second half. Lost control of it. Somehow was able to get it before it went out of bounds. Kicked it to Triple J, and then Triple J just drains it to the corner. Uh, it was just, and you knew at that game like it was over. Like uh, it's just, it's weird. I like I can't. I just can't. I still can't fathom the idea of Tennessee actually winning something. So like I just I still don't even know how to react to it. But just unbelievable. Honestly, yeah, it was so shocking, and I'm. I, Casey, Triple J, and Viscovi are really playing so together right now. I mean, that combo is deadly if they continue like this. They combined for 47 of our 65 points in that game. That is that is insane. I'm so impressed by that. Um, let's see. And they're putting in a ton of minutes. They're obviously in great shape. Like, I'm just – I love those three together. 
And I know I was hot on Ziegler for a while, which I still love him. He's a phenomenal player. But just seeing those three this whole tournament and the way they worked together was just really awesome for me. And I think they got really confident in this tournament. I mean, I see them totally willing to just go at it. I think they could go really far if they continue to play like this and mm-hmm. those two work together. Thanks. Um, other things I felt like noting, 41 rebounds in that game, pretty good. Um, 29 defensive rebounds and led the entire game. So, yeah, I mean – not only just because it was folky, you know, finally getting that SEC win, but just, you know, him him playing really well, I felt like having that key dunk late, you know, out, you know, mm-hmm. out rebounding guys down low as, you know, the tournament went on and we had to go deep in our depth. You could count on folky, I felt like. And uh, it was really just happy to see, especially on the SEC inside. He kind of hugged up with Rick Barnes there in the end. It was like uh, Rick asked him, was it worth it coming back? And he said, oh, yeah, 100 percent for sure. And just seeing all that emotion and, you know, even though it wasn't like a great, great year for him, you know, coming actually here and, you know, getting the job done whenever like he got carried by freshman or guard play, whatever you want to call it. You know, it's just surreal seeing that. I do think we can really, really go far with our defense. Uh, a lot of teams, you know, when in March they get hot, they like to shoot the three. But as I noted, you know, in the Kentucky game and A&M, our perimeter defense is phenomenal. You make teams have to shoot inside and, uh, a lot of these teams that we're going to play, I feel like we outlinked. So I just feel like really, really confident going in with our size and our effort. I don't know about y'all, but. No, I'm glad you brought up Folk because we we did give him a lot of, a lot of crap early on. Um, most of it was deserved by way of play, but still you want to see him do well. And I think, I think he's really turned in a corner. Um, he was leading rebounder twice in the tournament. Um, he had six against Mississippi State. But then he had 12 in A&M, and I think that that speaks more about him showing up to a championship game ready to play, ready to win. And you could tell before the game, he was he was pacing back and forth on the bench like during uh, during some of the pregame stuff. And you could tell it was on his mind. Like you could tell he was thinking about this and he wanted this because finally <laughs> we made it to the last time that he gets to play in it. But you could see how important it was to not only him, but also to the rest of the team, to those fans. We, we definitely wanted this bad. And. Uh, it's just good to see good to see the boys deliver. Um, absolutely. And then talking about the defense, uh, Mississippi State averages 71 and we held them to 59. Kentucky averages 80. We held them to 62. And A&M averages 73 and held them to 50. And that, I feel like, translates a lot more than offense does in the tournament. I could be wrong, but I feel like if you've got a defense that plays well, then you have a lot better chance than just an offense that might be hot at a certain time. So I really like our chances going forward um, with the way that we're playing, team defense, team offense too, like you were saying, low, uh, with, a, with a really good defense. And now that our offense is clicking, they they both give confidence to each other and they work hand in hand. So we're just clicking at the right time, really. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, with between Viscovi and Triple J and Chandler, you're guaranteed at least anywhere between 45, 50 points coming from them altogether. But then if you're talking about if Ziegler can really start becoming consistent again and folky, I mean, I don't I don't know who else is going to stop, you know, stop this team. I really don't. But, you know, for folky, though, it's pretty great considering, you know, he started off his first year winning an SEC championship in 1979 and to finally end it with an SEC title game as well. It's just it's just beautiful stuff, man. No, I mean, no guy deserves it more than him. That's for sure. 
On the first <laughs> and the last one. Exactly. <laughs> oh my God, that's too funny. I mean, and uh, that was a great joke, Drew. I like that. <laughs> I was just thinking, so they've only, the Vols have only won this five times ever. So for me to actually see one live, I still truly, I mean, the first thing I did, of course, was get on Vol Shop and order a bunch of shit because I was oh, like, yeah. I don't this is actually real, first of all. Like, I couldn't even believe it. But just to see us win something worth really, truly bragging about in a major sport is just so iconic to me and so exciting. I can't get enough of it. I hope we get more coming up soon. I mean, I think it's definitely possible, but I've just been trying to actually live in the moment for a second because I've not seen anything like this. So that's all I really have to say about the tournament. I thought they did phenomenal. Um, best best three games I've seen them play. I thought everyone played as a unit. If one person wasn't on, the next person just stepped right back up and took cover for them. Um, so really, I mean, they're playing their best basketball right now. Um Y'all can wrap up with any other thoughts you have. Yeah, I mean, personally online, seeing after uh, after the game, seeing that confetti drop, you know, finally knowing that Rick Barnes, he finally did it for himself. You know, not just a team thing, but Rick Barnes as a coach. Uh, a lot of people doubted him as a coach coming in here, but he's done something that someone hasn't done since 1979, not even their favorite little coach. So, you know, a really big achievement on a list of a already impressive resume. Uh, going into March where, you know, it might not be the best outcome in March, but his resume there is more than impressive too. But, uh, you know, also just seeing those guys embrace him, his family, and, you know, his uh, grandkids all come up and just seeing a surreal moment, finally seeing uh, being 21 and seeing Tennessee, at least in one major sport, uh, finally, you know, win an SEC championship and go on to a route of winning a national championship. And it's just surreal to see, you know, going from build up from a, three-star program when Rick first got here and now you're having a five-star prospect when after the game he said you know I came here because I wanted to be coached by Rick Barnes because I know he's going to push me to the best of my ability so just really proud uh and ready for a good good run in March yeah I mean you you hit everything I could have touched on um it's it is crazy now that like we're because we're all about the same age like we finally get to say like we saw Tennessee win a championship like at, at some point I guess I don't know like 20 years of being alive, I was like, I really don't know if this is going to happen. <laughs> like, I, I don't know if this is actually going to happen. Like, we we might end up being Cubs fans that don't see see their team win for 100 years. But, uh, like, just just God. seeing them win, like you said, it was like confetti was falling, and I was happy. Like, that, that, those two things have been mutually exclusive for a long time. So, it just it being in that moment, I, I know them boys worked hard for it. And also, like you said, bringing up uh, Coach Barnes, I know people give him crap for not having postseason postseason success, and maybe he doesn't have the most success in the in the national tournament. But now he has the championship, something that hasn't been done in forty plus years. So we do need to sit and celebrate that for a second. Do I want to keep going? Yes, absolutely. And I, I want to see us do obviously national championship. Like I want that, but I do think we can't just pass over the accomplishment that they had. So I'm just glad that we're giving it the attention it deserves. Yeah, I mean, I think we could all agree that this season's been a major success. You know, finally got some hardware that Rick Barnes, I, in my opinion, deserves more than anyone else. I mean, just the job he's done from since the moment he came here, turned this program around, 
just been unbelievable. And I mean, I think this is one of the best seasons we've ever had in program history, easily, you know. But I mean, the job's not done yet, though. I mean, we still got a few more games, and I'm I'm just going to tell y'all right now. I plan on this weekend booking flights from Atlanta to New Orleans. They're only 150 dollars that weekend for the Final Four, so uh, might have to do a live ATB show on uh, Bourbon Street. Oh my god. That would be so freaking awesome. I would be completely down for that. We'll have to talk about that. Oh, yeah. But I will say just I feel like this is necessary for me to say because there was so much Rick Barnes hate this season, especially midseason. And I couldn't make up my mind because I saw a bunch of things that like I didn't like he was doing. But then I always knew that he was a good coach and well seasoned and I also have always respected Rick Barnes. I can honestly say that I have seen him make changes too. It's not just the team, it's not just the energy, it's not it's the lineup. He is calling timeouts now when he is supposed to. Those are little things that I feel like no one has truly addressed. He has also evolved as a coach just as these players have evolved and that's important moving forward into this season and you know I was very wishy-washy just forming an opinion this year but I've always been more on Rick's Rick Barnes's side than against him obviously I love the guy I think he's a phenomenal guy but I feel it's important to point that out because I know so many people that are talking so much shit about him and he's really made a turnaround and people just kind of need to sit down and accept that and just let him continue to do his thing because I've seen all the change that I would have liked to see from him, and it's obviously coming to fruition with that championship. So I thought that was important to touch on. Um, are we moving on to Madness, March Madness? I don't know. Oh, yeah. All right. I hate to even say this name, but tomorrow's appointment is Longwood. I don't oh, know. God. <laughs> I don't know what they're about, really. I did look up a little bit of, of statistics. Um, their best player is named Justin Hill. He averages like 14.2 points per game. But the Vols have a 96% chance to win in this one. As we know, March Madness, nothing is ever definite. But I feel pretty confident <laughs> about this one. Brando? Yeah, I, I'm feeling pretty confident going in. I think uh, ESPN right now has us like a 96% chance of winning. Uh, the little stuff that I did find on Longwood, they don't have a lot of size. Their tallest player is like 6'7", six, 6'8", six, and uh, it's only one of them. I think after that, they're like 6'2". Uh, known for their three-point shooting, uh, they make about 38% of their three-point shots right now. But uh, Wade right now for them is leading three-point attempts. He's shooting 44% from three. Uh Basically, I also kind of crept on it earlier, touching up on the defense and perimeter defense, but I, I used it for this very moment. I think it's going to be key in this game just because of their size. And uh, they may have speed, but I feel like once we get, you know, adjusted to them and out-rebound them, like mm -hmm. there's no reason why we shouldn't be able to go up like 15, 20 points like we just did in the tourney. I feel like we're pretty hot. Uh, they haven't played nobody. They, and like they have the fourth easiest non-conference and overall strength of schedule, according to Ken Pond. Um I think they're just a team that got lucky, and even though we're a three seed, I feel like it's probably the best team we could have started off with in this in this bracket. 
Yeah, I agree with you. Um, so just for the game predictor uh, uh, percentages for provided by ESPN, decision tree, 91%, seed comparison, 87 power rating, 97 and similar games, 96. So all those above 87% chance to win the game. Obviously, you still got to show up and play. Um, they are efficient from three, like Brando was saying. They shoot about 39%, but they are quoted as below average defensively and susceptible to teams that can get hot from long range. So to me, that sounds like a field day for mm -hmm. our stable of guards. And I think, Brando, you're also right that this is a good game to get started. Um, if they are a team that is susceptible to three-point shooters, then it would be really good to see us hit some shots early in the tournament, get that confidence up, and then hopefully that can carry us into some bigger games later on. But, I mean, yeah, I, I like our chances. I've got us pretty much penciled in as a solid win. So, really just waiting on that next-round matchup. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a good first-round matchup for us. Um, I don't know if I'd necessarily agree that we're 18-point favorites. I, a little risky there. I yeah. think we'll win by double digits. I don't think we'll win by 18. But, yeah, yeah I mean, you know, 38 39% from the three-point line, average over a little bit over 76 points a game, which is a couple more than we do. And they've won 19 of their last 20 games. So they're playing like really, really good basketball. But it's like what Brando, you know, said as well. Like their schedule is mediocre at best. And, you know, they're, you know, small in size as well. So, I mean, I think for us, I mean, probably might struggle a little bit. I think it's going to be a lot like the Wright State game was a few years ago where we struggled the first five, ten minutes. And then once we get in a little groove on offense, we'll go like, you know, we'll cruise on to a win. Um Good little tune-up game for us. And then, you know, I mean, we got Colorado State or Michigan in the second round, which should be a little bit more challenging. But I think given the circumstances and how we got screwed over with the three seed, I think we got a really, really good draw uh, in this for a path to the Final Four. So, I agree. I, I hate to look past uh, – any opponent i i know this should be an easy win but i just hate to do it because i'm a tennessee fan and i'm just used to pain so i'm trying to set my focus on just this game and just wait until after work tomorrow i'm gonna make sure it's on the work television mm -hmm. make sure I'm sitting about the television get through that game first but in terms of our bracket it is absolutely favorable for this team to go very far um, but I, I'm not – I don't like the 18-point favorite. That's kind of steep. I mean, it is the Mar – it's the March Madness tournament. I mean, a lot can happen there. I mean, so I – if it were me, I wouldn't think we would cover the spread just to be on the safe side if anyone's betting. I would not do that. Yeah, no chance. No, I agree. Uh, yeah, it's just too risky for sure. But, I mean, it's actually – our opponent, I'm just going to call them our opponent because I'm not continuing to say it. Um, it's their first time ever making the tournament. So that's, I mean, props to them for getting there. That's kind of a cool achievement. Let's hope they don't do worth a damn. But you know, I, I hope it ends uh, right at the first round, but that's okay. <laughs> you know, there apparently used to be like a female college until like 20 years ago. You'd think like they would have chose a better name than Longwood. But you know, Long, oh my that, god, that's just, that's just my that's just my opinion though. That's that as close as I could get to male interaction. <laughs> Good lord, they had to just that incorporate it somehow. 
Oh my god! <laughs> you had so many joke opportunities from like three of us waiting when you kept on saying they were short in size. Like, oh my god! Oh, <laughs> the entire time I'm like, like, oh my god, this is a perfect joke opportunity, right? For I, I can't remember who it is on my uh, Twitter timeline. <laughs> They've been doing mad jokes all week about it. Like, can't stop. And it's been cracking me up. I can't remember who it is, but shout out to whoever it is because they've been cracking me up with all those jokes. Um, yeah, I guess we want to talk about our seating, obviously, right? I mean, we oh, all... Oh, yeah, it's fucking... Everybody knows. Awful. <laughs> everybody knows. Awful. I mean, if, you'd, if you're if you a... Even when Kentucky fans and Arkansas fans are on the timeline talking about... Tennessee should be a two seed. Like you kind of know you got screwed, and like for Ken Pong or whatever the fucking what's his name Lombardi to come out and you know say that you know they shouldn't be a two seed over Villanova. No one's saying you should be a two seed over Villanova, but when you have Duke, whose strength of schedule is horrendous, they have six tier two losses. Tennessee had zero. Tennessee, you know, all their losses came in tier one opponents. Duke, you know, getting gifted uh, Coach K goodbye kiss going into March. It's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, there's no reason why there shouldn't be three SEC teams in the second seed. But uh, as we said, I, I can't really complain. You know, it's kind of favorable in this opinion. But there's no reason why you should look at stats and head-to-heads and use Tennessee and Villanova's head-to-head for a comparison, but not all the top five opponents that Tennessee beat previously in the year. Like, what, what are we playing for in the SEC tournament in one of the most prestigious conferences in the nation? Like, why are we playing for a conference championship? I mean, honestly, that's a, that's a great question because if, if you're not going to look at it, like, then then why am I going to why am I going to trap my players out there to play back to back days and risk somebody getting hurt? Like, if it truly if it doesn't if it doesn't matter, then then don't play it. <laughs> like, if, if that's the case, because honestly, I thought it was weird. I because I guess we haven't really been that successful on Sunday, but I was like, oh yeah, the selection shows on Sunday, and I was like, wait. We play on Sunday. Today is Sunday. <laughs> like, today is Sunday, and the game's at 1, so the game's over at, like, 3.30, and the show's at 6. So, like, how how are they already planning for all that? Because imagine imagine then if uh, – I wonder who they replace with A&M, I guess one of the bubble teams. But a- if A&M gets that, then they get the automatic qualifier, then I don't know if we move from that spot. So – which is another thing. Uh, like, yeah, we won, and we basically maintained. If we lose, do we drop? Because if we do, then that's a whole other discussion we gotta have. Because then I guess hindsight's twenty twenty, but then we know that it doesn't matter. I don't know. There's a whole lot to it. Also, I think Lenardi was just the the uh, fall guy. I think he just had to stand up for what the committee was saying, and the committee just like threw him out to the wolves, and they're like, "Hey, you figure it out." But um, yeah, and then here come the AP, the AP poll, stoking the fire, throwing some gas on it with the the number five ranking. Which I thought that's where we were. I truly thought that's the kind of team that we were at this time. But, oh yeah. Um, there should be no reason that we couldn't contend for a one and at least claim a two. But I mean, when when you've got all of like all of the sports media coming out saying like, <laughs> I don't know about that one, <laughs> then like you you just know that like this this stuff is just rigged. And why do Tennessee fans complain that we get cheated? Because we do. So there's always there's always uh, proof in the pudding. That's all. Yeah, I mean, those are good points. The way I look at it is, like, we should never take a guy seriously that wears a toupee or a wig because you know that thing that Joe Lenardi has on the top of his head is not his. I mean, like, it, but things flopping everywhere. Awful. But, uh, 
you know, I mean, like, <laughs> but like, you know, we did get screwed over. But the way I look at it is like, I would ra- I'm much rather be in our situation where we potentially play a 14 loss Michigan team or Colorado State instead of playing either Michigan State or Davidson in the second round, like how Duke is. Yes. Yeah. And it is like frustrating as hell that, you know, we obviously had a much better resume than Duke did, or you, I mean, you could even argue Kentucky as well. But, you know, we beat Arizona. We've already played Villanova, and we played Villanova when we were, you know, three games into the season, which is, was a completely different team back in November. Oh, yeah. Now. Thanks. We got a better lineup, you know, more, you know, and everything. And I just think it'll be all right. And I think, like, you know, we'll get over this. I feel for Buzz Williams and, you know, his team for not making it. And, you know, that, I mean, that speech he had, like, last night was, like, it was, it was pretty good. I mean, it was pretty wild. He made a lot of great points. But, um, I mean, at the end of the day, we got a favorable draw, guys. I mean, we can't we can't complain too much. And hopefully, yeah. hopefully Sister Jean beats Villanova <laughs> in the second round so we yes. can go kick her ass one more time for revenge <laughs> and send her – just her like nobody just her. Just her. Her upstairs pack upstairs I mean, she's 187 anyway so oh my god <laughs> oh, yeah i uh <laughs> i was i mean yeah first of all alex brought up something like i guess it doesn't matter conference championship it would have mattered if duke won theirs but they lost so and we won, so it's it, if it was flipped, it would have mattered. Like, oh, well, Duke won, so here we go. But we win. We don't get the favor, so whatever. Screw them. I think Tennessee is finally getting some good karma. Like, I truly think that every everyone re- – one thing I really like, let me make this known, is that people are actually starting to publicly acknowledge it that are not Tennessee fans. That is huge. That's a huge step in our favor. I'm sick of everyone acting like we're just making shit up. No, we're not. We are always getting shafted. Thank you for speaking out about it. Like, I'm glad that people are talking about it, one. But, two, I hope we take it right to everybody and just show their asses, you know what? We're the best damn third seed. We're going to be a third seed making it to the Final Four. Screw them all. I'm done with it. I hate rigged stuff. And I think they have all the potential to make it to the Final Four. And people would lose their absolute minds if Tennessee as a three seed made it. But I think they can do it. So I'm all hyped up about it. Yeah, I, I definitely, uh, on my bracket, on my uh, multiple brackets, I have Tennessee penciled in as a, a Final Four team. And, you know, I've been asking myself, is it the orange glasses? But I really do think with this guard play and with our favorable of a bracket, you have Arizona and Michigan. Uh, you know, Villanova, hopefully they can get knocked out by Sister Jean, like Drew said, you know, uh, oh, wish, you know, poor Sister Jean, I hope she has safe travels, quote unquote, but, um, you know, just, <laughs> yeah, just, you know, going in, you know, I think this is very favorable. You have Michigan and Arizona, both their guards uh, battling injuries. They might not play the first few games. So if we do end up playing Michigan in round two, feel confident going in that game. I would prefer playing them because that Colorado State team is legit. But I just feel like our guard play going in hot, and uh, I don't think people are going to be able to keep up with our defense and then go back and play offense and then play defense too on our offense. Like, I just think too fast going in, and I think clicking at the right moment when you have being able to pass it out to Triple J or Viscovi and you have Kennedy finally clicking as a true point guard. Like, mm-hmm. it's just a dangerous team, man. 
and I think they can really do some serious damage. So, yeah, and I again, I just I still like that we got this whole season started off of our defense, and then we found our offense later. So we are confident in our ability to stop people, and I think that like it comes down. Yes, you got to get a bucket, but you also got to get a stop. It's it's you gotta you gotta sit down and guard somebody for thirty seconds. And even when you when you dead tired, when it's the end of the game and you've been playing for so long now, like that's that's what it comes down to. And also, like you said, Brando, I feel like elite guard play is what gets you in the tournament. And we've got three of the best ones right now. Four, if we want to throw in Triple J, a little a little tweener forward. But I like you said, I like our chances against anybody in this tournament. Um, I I feel like it's still wide open. Um, I think there are flaws in those uh, one seeds. And the twos, obviously, but um, yeah, I mean, I think I think it's anybody's. I also have some orange colored glasses on, and I'm uh, taking the balls the whole way, but we're not going to talk about that. And uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's just what I think. I think we have a, a good shot and as good as anybody with the way that we've been playing. Yeah, I mean, I think not only just elite guard play, but actual good quality depth as well is a huge thing. I think a lot of people forget to talk about what you need and run, and this team has it. I mean. That was the one thing that, you know, that 2018, 2019 team didn't have was, you know, depth on that bench. Because, you know, once you took out Grant Williams and Schofield, you know, I mean, it, they just – the talent level just dropped tremendously. With this one, I mean, just it seems like they don't ever lose the pace, you know, that they're playing at from that starting five. But, I mean, guys, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Every single time Tennessee makes a tournament, I always pencil in as a national champion. I mean, just the neck in me just won't allow me to make any other rational decision. But I do have to say, though, like, I'm getting pretty fired up thinking about at least 100,000 of us being there in New Orleans uh, that first weekend in April. I really um, think it's going to happen. That would be so incredible. You're about to make me, like, book flights now just – I could put, I could do trip insurance and cancel it. Yes, exactly. exactly. That's like totally reasonable. Yeah. I mean, if Kentucky can do it, we can do it too. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, they save like for five, six, seven summers. I mean, easily for they their mind. We can do years. that for us. Oh, years. Yeah. I mean, they, they get their grandparents money that, you know, when they pass actually on, gold mine for that. So actually gold mine for that. Oh, they find gold mines. Yeah. Exactly. So, oh my God. I just wanted to touch real quick, uh, Drew, you brought up previous teams of Tennessee's and how the depth mattered. Here's what I can tell in this team, and Alex kind of touched on it too. We found our defense early, so when we sub in at 6, 7, 8, they may not make as much impact offensively, but our defense Mm -hmm. stays Mm -hmm. top notch. We don't have to shift really at all to give our guys a break and if they're not making up for it in points they're making up for it in rebounds and so you cannot complain at all with the depth of this team and I just think that is huge I mean I know we had an early exit last tournament but I was I wasn't even close to feeling confident it was a weird ass season weird year weird everything yeah I mean I'm very confident in this team and this year I mean, you got literally about three, four different guys at the five position that are effective defensively, whether if it's Euro, Huntley Hatfield, you know, Jonas Adu, or I mean, hell, even Folky. I mean, like, you know, even Folky stepped up as well. And I, I mean, I mean, Lo, you're exactly right. It's like, you know, they might not be able to produce offensively, but when you're consistently getting rebounds, creating turnovers, and making the opponent just a living hell for 40 minutes, 
I mean, that's all you really need for those five or ten minutes before you get those guys back out there. And so this team's different. I mean, in a lot of ways, it reminds me of that 2008-2009 team that made it to the lead eight that had Bobby Mays and Melvin Goins and Chisholm and Brian Williams because that team was loaded with depth, you know, and they were consistent as well. Um, But, yeah, nowhere even near close to the level that was last year when we were a five seed against uh, Oregon State, that's for sure. Oh, God. That was really rough. That was bad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Oh, were you talking? No, you got it. You got it. No, you go. I was just going to say, uh, I feel like Mari is just like always that one guy on a roster that uh, even though like we've had so much depth, it's like that one guy that's going to come out and, you know, play. So I wanted to kind of get your guys' opinion. Obviously, my main guy is uh, Kennedy Chandler. But when I look at a guy that I feel like deserves to have a good March run that has the ability to do it and, you know, live in a madness, I want to see Justin Powell establish himself as a shooter, a perimeter shooter in March going into next season, showing that he wasn't just a transfer for no reason. Come in there, hit some big threes, you know, because we played our guys a lot. It's going to take some more guys to come out here and play as we go into tournament. So my guy, little sleeper guy on the roster deep down, would be Justin Powell. So I don't know about y'all. Hey, that's a that's an interesting take, though. I'm, I've been pulling for him all season. I definitely want to <laughs> see him break out and, and start shooting the piss out the ball, especially when we were having our offensive issues. But – I'm going to keep it consistent. I'm going to stay with Triple J. I, I truly think we go as he goes. And there is a stark difference between when he's putting the ball in the hole and when he's not. When he's when he's chipping in uh, 10 to 14 points, we typically win by close to double digits. And it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty well taken care of. If he doesn't, he's still obviously very impactful on the defensive end. So I'm glad that he doesn't let his offensive game affect that. But it still just puts a little bit more pressure on Casey or Ziegler or Sandy to to get more points, which they can do. But I think I think that if if we actually want to put it all together and get to that championship game, we need somebody like Triple J to keep hitting his shots, keep doing his thing, and everybody else everybody else has been doing it. So we just need to keep him there too. Yeah, I mean, I think you're going to have Triple J and Kenny Chandler and, you know, Vescovia obviously be consistent as they've been really the last month and a half or so. My guy's going to be uh, Huntley Hatfield. I think he's going to average around eight, nine points a game. He's shown a lot of flashes in the last three or four weeks or so mm-hmm. that he can really put, be capable of putting form, performances like that. And if he can nail like that 12, 15-foot jumper that he's been – obviously been trying to work on like all season. I really think like he'll just add another whole other element to this offense. I like the picks. I'm going to also two things. One, Brando, I would love for it to be Justin Powell. I don't see it at all. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to <laughs> I don't see it as much as I would you gotta love. manifest it. I would love for him to do well. I just – I think our other guys are getting so hot right now. I hope they continue. And, I mean, I would love for him to get out there, get some minutes, and shoot well. Obviously, I'm a, I'm a fan. But, I don't know, I don't see it. But in, in terms of my guy, I think it has to be Triple J. And the reason why is because if you notice the past five games, in my opinion, 
that Triple J has really come out of his shell and shot well, Casey and Vescovi have completely upped their tempo. It's like they're playing off of his energy. Mm -hmm. And this offense is on fire when they are all three rolling. And I think that has to do with Triple J being confident in his shot. You know, he always talked about in practice, everyone was even midseason and everything. He was like, they always said, you're so good. That was a great shot. Like always trying to hype him up. And it seems like he's finally gotten there. So for them to make it far, I feel like it almost has to be Triple J. That's me. Yeah, I think, I just think that when early on, our biggest issue was floor spacing because they would help off so much of him. They would clog uh, Kennedy and Zakai's and Santee's lanes to the rim. Sorry, this, I'm dog sitting. <laughs> This is uh, this is meatball, <laughs> so he can say, "Hey, he's just crawling around. He likes to sit in your lap." But uh, <laughs> I think the biggest issue was that we we didn't have any spacing for driving lanes. But now that he's hitting shots, that creates so much more room for all three of them. Well, honestly, everybody on the floor to operate uh, because you can't double down in the post and you can't sag off and help. And so then, now that people are giving more attention when Kennedy and Santi and ZZ get hot. They start they start just naturally sagging off of uh, Josiah because they got to help because they're playing well. So then he gets cleaner looks. So I mean, as long as as long as they take turns hitting shots, then I mean, it, it's tough to guard them all, honestly. Alex, I've just got to say, God, I'm about to roast you, but I couldn't help it. I'm glad that you showed us the dog in your lap because I thought you're getting a little bit too excited about Longwood. <laughs> oh my God! You you bring up Longwood one time and then it, it just all goes to hell. I was going to say something Alex said earlier. He was like putting the ball in the hole against Longwood. I was just oh like, I mean, they're short but, in size, but they're efficient though from deep. That's hey, just, and, and we're a lot bigger than them. So, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You just got to plug the holes. <laughs> no, nah, but uh, Wright State, Wright State just knocked off Bryant 16 seeds playing in their playing game. Yeah. 93 82 in the first four. So, that affects us no way at all. Well, there uh, goes like three of my parlays. Great. Awesome. Geez. It does affect Drew. <laughs> uh, Matthew Pig asked in the live, who is the team you're most excited to watch Tennessee play against in the tournament? Oh, if we play Loyola Chicago Sweet 16, I mean, I'm just waiting for revenge, revenge, revenge. I mean, just see, just watch Sister Jean get that stupid smile off her face, you know, and use her like automatic wheelchair to go all the way back to Chicago. It's gonna be awesome. Oh my god! Shout out to Cody from Fox Sports Knoxville. <laughs> yeah, what, what's the over under? She makes it back, Drew. She might. I mean, I'm not trying to be mean, but she's like 110. Like, I don't know if she will. Like. Hey, I'm this, just saying it's hard to find flights these days. I'm not talking about a. I'm mean, just transportation. I mean, well, I mean, she's got. It's. I think it's automatic. It has like one of those like gear shifts. I think it's like two or three. So oh she, my god! She could probably go up to like a firm eight miles an hour. So she might make. So, so it. what you're saying is, if they if they made it to New Orleans, they would have the equivalent of a trip as Kentucky fans in the SEC tournament. Oh yeah, but yeah, on a yeah, on a wheelchair. Absolutely. Although I'm sure they would raise a stupid like GoFundMe for her, some ridiculous like you you know they would. Three hundred k. She has to use the funds from the GoFundMe to go in her wheelchair. Exactly. Yeah, to have like you know I'm sure they have little charging stations from Chicago to New Orleans, so she could probably charge up like for a couple hours and continue on her way down the interstate with her 
well, you know, automatically was there. So. Oh yeah. my god. Oh yeah. I would love to put uh, Sister Jean out of her misery, but if there's a chance that reality is still in stake and that Villanova does beat Loyola Chicago, I, I wanna see Villanova again just because of how different we are as a team, mm-hmm. depth wise and growth. You know, we have established leaders. Uh they had no idea what they were doing, bringing the ball up to court in that game when you watched Villanova. I, I don't even want to put myself through that again just because the offense was non existent. Uh, but I feel like we could easily make some noise against them. I feel like a lot of the two seeds and one seeds, like Kansas and uh, Baylor, I'm just not too high on them right now. So I feel like there's a lot of teams that can be beat. I feel like we're the best team in our bracket. And if it does fall for us, like this team is easily a Final Four team. And to go in there and win a Final Four or just go to a Final Four, you know, it's still something that's never been done by Rick. And like it would be a huge, huge, huge accomplishment. So. I think uh, I, I also was going to say Villanova, uh, basically for the same reasons, because I, I just want to see what we truly are versus what we were at the time and where people were writing us off and saying our season was a, a failure because we lost the game early on. Um, but also there's still the added, they're a two seed, we're a three seed, and we kind of deserve that. So we have a chance to show people that we are better than the seeding that we got. Uh, tell that committee to shove it where the sun don't shine. And just kind of keep going forward. And I don't want to see Loyola uh, for PTSD and Cinderella story purposes, uh, because the last time we saw them, they did go all the way to the final four. But um, yeah, I would, I would just rather see the rematch with Villanova because I think we owe them one from early on. I think, well, I was going to choose Villanova too, just because I feel like we could beat them at this stage. And like you guys said, I don't want to be repetitive. But the team that I do not look forward to meeting if we continue to go on is Arizona again because I'm not sure that we could beat them twice. And, I mean, I was at that game, and it was stressful. Uh I feel like Arizona has progressed so much, too, since we've played them that I feel like that would be by far the toughest game in our bracket and one that I would be most concerned about if we're looking, like, further in advance. I, I mean, believe they have their starting point guard out though. Like, he yeah, he uh, he sprained his ankle. It's disgusting. It's gross. It's yeah, gross. it's pretty nasty. I don't know if he's gonna be able to. Yeah, I don't know if he'll be able to play the, the tournament yeah. last week that he like messed it up like really badly. So he might not and, play the first weekend. I think that like Villanova would be a good good matchup. I mean, be much more exciting than the first time we played them. But yeah. I mean, if we ever managed to beat them, I mean, can you imagine like how pissed Joe Lenardi and his Oh, one team I feel like a sleeper is is a uh, Colorado State. They don't really uh they're not really getting any recognition, but they shoot the ball out lights out. And like if they uh, I think they play Michigan first, if they knock off Michigan, you know, without their point guard and all that stuff with their coach, you know, I feel like they're just a better all around team. And they're like one of the more experienced teams in our our bracket. So only thing that worries me about that game is that. Colorado State really ain't played nobody, and at least Michigan State run or Michigan runs through the Big Ten. But I don't think I don't think Colorado State has a top twenty-five game under their belt at all, and their BPI is like eighty something. But I would like yeah. to I'd like to see them instead of Michigan too, because Michigan also did us dirty in the Elite Eight once on a on a bum charge call in Jarnell Stokes. Yeah, but you know, a part of me would just love to see like if we were up by twenty against Michigan and Rick Barnes decided to call a timeout with like ten seconds left, <laughs> see him and Jawan Howard just go at it. <laughs> really Rick that. Barnes is a good Christian man. He would never. 
Oh, even as a good Christian man, he's still a Carolina boy from Cherokee. He would still whoop someone's ass. I mean, like if he would do that, if he would do that to the Michigan coach, what do you think he would do to uh, Penny Hardaway? Oh, he would be balling up his fist, shaking at Penny Hardaway. So Arthur me. Oh yeah, (laughs) Yeah, Arthur me. (laughs) Y'all see that meme where it says Deacon Barnes just beat the hell out of you, but hopes you go to heaven. (laughs) Oh my God, he was a good man. And it was like his perfect, nice, kind portrait. I mean, I you got to give Rick Barnes credit. This man was beating every SEC team's tail throughout the season and still being a good man, supporting Dick Vitale, sending him texts, and, you know, being a good guy. Like, you can't get, you know, better coach than that, in my opinion. Yeah, but I've also got, like, really confused every single time Dick Vitale, like, would tweet those, like, photo, like screenshots because I didn't know, like, whether – because, like, it's in, it's in green. Like, I didn't know, like, whether if it was, like – he was sending that to Rick Barnes, or Rick Barnes said it to himself. It was so confusing. Like I was like, "Why are you sending yourself own good positive vibe messages?" Like but. that happened to me too, and I was so confused until someone explained it. I was like, "Is he like that Rick Barnes will send it to him at some point? What's happening? I don't know." Oh my god! <laughs> um. We've got to give, we have to give score predictions for tomorrow's game. Oh, yeah. Got to do it. I think we forgot that we've got to do that. Um, I guess I'll go first. Mine was 74 to 59. 74 59. Yeah. I'm probably right around there. you know, like Alex said, we kind of stopped everybody in the SEC tournament playing phenomenal defense, holding teams that score 80 to 60 points. Uh, I think our size is going to be big, like I said, against Longwood. Uh, I think probably like, you know, 75, yeah, 75, 62, something simple like that. I don't think it's going to be an 18-point win, but I still think it's double digits. I still think Tennessee uh, gets off to a huge early lead and then might take some guys out to get a little rest going into the Saturday game. So. Yeah, I'm right there with y'all. I'm thinking 72-58. Something just solid, double-digit win, like y'all saying. Maybe extends on late late garbage minute buckets or some free throws that they just keep going on. But, yeah, I think I think we slow them down and we stay on page 72-58. Yeah, I mean, I think we'll probably struggle for a little bit for the first five, ten minutes of the game um, once until we get a little bit more comfortable and get the jitters out, you know. But I think we'll beat Longwood. Uh, I got us winning 69-52. to all right. Wait, Drew, Drew what did you just say? <laughs> you heard me. You want to repeat that? <laughs> 69, 52. Beat, we'll beat Longwood. <laughs> I just I just don't see them hitting any threes from deep. I really don't. Cause I don't think so either. Our, our defense is just too, you know, too consistent. They're not lacking in size. They're, you know, mm-hmm. it's just. <laughs> oh, God. Nah, but. I, just... I, uh, I also forgot about this. Um, we have four tickets to Friday night's SEC opener or Friday afternoon because they changed it or is it Saturday? Shit, I don't know. South Carolina baseball game. It, did they move it to twelve? I think they better. I think. <laughs> but we have four free tickets, so balls <laughs> win tomorrow. Then we're giving away four more baseball tickets to whatever time that is. It's this weekend at some point. Four more tickets. Four, four more tickets. The only if the 
falls win tomorrow, which I mean, I feel confident about, but we'll give those away. Hey, I mean, that's a sweet giveaway. Those tickets are going for like 75, 80 bucks a piece on Dibbit Seats. So. Are they for real? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, South Carolina beat Texas last weekend, so it's like huge. Maybe we give away two tickets. <laughs> uh, good point, good point. Oh, I'm sorry for our listeners. I, I think I just ruined two extra seats for you guys. So, but you got to make those dollar dollar bills, y'all. So, yeah, we got to do something. Uh, we have at least two tickets. <laughs> um, I guess, you know, we've got the balls 245 tomorrow. I'm sure everyone will try to tune in, but I think Brando was going to cover some other stuff regarding football. Yeah. So, Everyone was expecting a possible either like top three from Nico or a commitment today. Uh, it was a top five of pretty much everything we fucking already knew of Georgia, Oregon, Alabama, Tennessee, and Miami. Uh, the word is still that this man is going to be committing somewhere in the next week. Tennessee leads 90% of the prediction on, on three and just got another prediction on 24 seven today. And then on top of that, Wolf Fong, he upgraded his confidence from a six to a 10. So if, if Steve Wolfong has like a 10 confidence, it's, it's a lock. It's a done deal. And we all saw the article come out recently about, oh, this kid just got offered $8 million or NIL collective deal. So like the cat's out of the bag. I expect this thing to be wrapped up in the next week before Saturday, before we go into like the round of 32. I think it's probably announced on the big balls weekend. And I think uh, this class probably just went, if that happens, it's going to go from like a top 15 max to easily being like a top five to 10 class in the country. Cause when you have a guy that's the number three quarterback in the nation, number three player in the nation, like it's obviously going to bring recruiting interest. So if we can land this quarterback and everything that's being shown out there to the news is true, like buckle up. Cause it's not just Tennessee basketball or baseball, you know, like coming around springtime of 2023 next year, after this kid has a year under his belt or something like, you know, the balls are back. <laughs> Oh, the recruiting also, has been 2024 national championships Good. in Vegas, by the way. In Vegas, oh my god, Knox oh. Vegas. Take I will die, bank, baby. I will die. RIP. So, but RIP, Drew. Yeah. That's only if you make it through Bourbon Street. That's true, yeah. too. That's true, too. That's a good point, actually. So, might, might not even be able to witness that, but you know. On top of that, actually, I just noticed too. I had I didn't have this in my notes, but spring practice starts in uh, five days on the twenty first. So uh, we won't be having a spring game this year. But uh, Nico also announced that he will be here on April seventh for the spring game that they're having in the complex. That's off to recruits. He's bringing uh, Carnell Tate, the number five receiver in the country, and Kyler Casper, I think, who's a top ten receiver from Arizona. So, like I said, like you get this guy, you automatically have two guys that are going to follow. Not to mention Carnell being close with Jalen Hyatt's brother now, Devin Hyatt. Like all these guys are like, you know, top 100 players in the country. So if you can just have a domino effect after a huge weekend coming up, like not only is, you know, you're looking for a, you know, a national championship in basketball or a final four appearance, but you're also going to be making a splash weekend coming in soon. So just something to keep an eye out on. I, I fully expect Nico to be a ball in the next week or so and just get this ball rolling. So. I just, I'm, uh, I am so afraid to be excited until it's fully 100% like done deal. I trust you for sure, Brando. I just get terrified about getting excited for things still. But can you imagine? I mean, what we could do with this kid? 
I mean, th- this kid is he's absolutely ridiculous. A lot of people they can like compare him to like a Mariota, but I mean, if he can just get in here and you know get in like an SEC weight room and like his throwing ability is absolutely ridiculous. Like this kid puts the ball in the money every single time. He's his touchdown to interception ratio is sixty touchdowns to two interceptions in the past two years. Absolutely ridiculous. And he's doing this against top California talent. Like he's not just playing nobodies. You're playing against teams that have like 12 four-star recruits on their team. Like you're absolutely balling. So I just feel like the staff absolutely hit it out the park, uh, not only on the visit, but with Spire. And I just feel like um, canceling the Georgia visit probably made this recruitment go 100 miles an hour faster than it was going to. Mm -hmm. And if they can get that next week and then come around (laughs) April 7th, already having Nico committed and then bringing in Carnell and Casper and being like, see, this is what they're doing. And what they told you was true. I'm bought in. Let's do this. And then you have the in-state talent. I just, I can't see this class going bad if that happens. I just see it being a huge thing. Oh my God. I'm just so happy. I have my season tickets for football locked in now. Cause if yeah. this happens, I'm going to lose my freaking mind. Oh my God. We'll have to throw some awesome tailgates. Mm-hmm. It'll be crazy to see because I mean, he's a he's a 2023 at the same time. Like this kid's just 18 years old, getting promised you know a certain amount of money and what what's on the table for him. So he's going to be coming into a quarterback room that's going to be just a, a sophomore Taven Jackson and him. Like you know, it's not going to be you know Hendon Hooker's going to be gone. He's going to be in the NFL by then. So it'll be interesting to see like by the time he does get here and learns Hypo's system seeing a true Hypel quarterback that was Hypel's quarterback if Taven hasn't like seen the field by then and seeing it kind of work from the ground up. I just feel like if you can get that guy as your first major quarterback recruit, like it's absolutely ridiculous because all you heard was Hypel can't recruit uh, a three-star quarterback, can't play in the SEC. Well, NIL is here. Tennessee's more ahead of the curve than people thought. And like you're in there landing the number three player in the country. Like it's just – absolutely insane what's happened in the past six months so for sure for sure well i'm really excited i'm hyped up about everything at the moment um oh my god does anyone have any final thoughts on anything at all for the evening i hope the next time we come on here we're talking about singing uh sister jean back to fucking chicago so (laughs) i'm so excited i'm so excited (laughs) what by the next time we come on the show it'll be Next Maybe. Wednesday, so it'll be the fi- the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, Sweet Sixteen slash Elite Eight. So, so it'll be like a covering Longwood. Yeah, really, it's that fast? We're really gonna be. Moving? Yeah, so it's at, so we play Thursday, Saturday, and then Tuesday. Yeah, and so Wednesday would be our off Elite day. Eight. Yeah, yeah. It'll be Thursday again for Elite Eight. Uh, I think they'd probably have it that Saturday, Sunday, just for TV. Yeah, but not sure though. You're right. We can definitely live tweet all the games. I know maybe if we're feeling it, if we're all off, we can just hop in a little space. But mm-hmm. oh, yeah. I just, for sure. All the Twitter spaces. I'm just excited. March Madness is finally back. And you see the packed arenas, you know, when a, a under, you know, under undercard team like Loyola, seeing them travel and being able to travel again. I just feel like that was taken away from us last year, like playing Oregon State. Like there was no energy or momentum around that team. And this year you have Tennessee full effect, ready to go. So just, just really excited. Absolutely. Alex, Drew, anything else? All right. All right. Well, 
again. So at least two tickets to give away as long as uh, <laughs> we give them out. You can thank me later on that one, by the way. I, I will. <laughs> well, honestly, I probably shouldn't be an asshole like that because they were given to me. So we should just no. make money. You got to make money. They were given on the premise of giving them away, though. You no. are giving them away. You're giving them to someone else for a profit. Yeah, yeah. for money, for financial gain. Exactly. <laughs> for the brand. I don't know. I don't want to be. Oh, wow. Y'all want to, uh, the ATV, ATV Volmer's dropping tomorrow. Oh, that's right. Well, we've got a lot. That's right. We have a lot. So tomorrow, 245, Vols should win. Saturday, um, baseball game. Hopefully the men are playing and the women are hosting. Their basketball first opener, um, all here in Knoxville. So it's going to be a huge weekend for sports. Uh, we'll tweet out the link again for the merch for Balls ATB, um, and it's not just Balls ATB. Obviously, we're biased, but there's a bunch of other teams and other stuff on there. So we will tweet out the link for that. Um, if you guys want to get some merch, which obviously we like our merch, but we have gotten good reviews from other people who have purchased it. So it's not just us being biased. It's not um, just DH gate Chinese quality. It's good quality stuff. So good quality stuff. Um, and then, yep. The giveaways. And I guess that's everything. So looking forward to the next few days, very exciting. And I'm sure we will all be talking a lot, but until next time, Good night and go balls. Go balls be some long wood, baby. <laughs> oh, God.